the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, the NBA announces the shortest offseason in American sports history while one player searches for a new team. Tony Lewis's career in Chicago is off to an amazing start while Ohio claims home for the league's top pitchers. We'll recap this week in college football and the NFL and look ahead to the weekend. Get on your feet. You're cheering with the hometown crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. What's up, everybody? It's Mac. And I'm Heather, who's going to be sitting like a bump on a log for a second weekend in a row because of no LSU game, Lewis. <laughs> be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. How are you guys doing this week? Uh, I'm here. Um, I'm writing. I'm trying not to go crazy. Um, and uh, that, that's... That's all I got to say about that. Well, I'm clearly very upset because this is yeah. supposed to be Bama hate week. And yes, I can't think of a time. because you hate Bama any less other weeks. I know, yes. I know. But it's especially bad this time. And I, um, I, what the fuck am I supposed to do with myself this week? I, I am supposed to be right now making my Nick Saban effigy to burn. I probably will get a letter from the HOA about it, but I can't even make it now. So I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. Well, My life has no get meaning it ready. right now. Yeah. I mean, it always has meaning, but it just right now, I don't feel like it does because I have no Bama hate week this year. Yeah. For being honest, this week has felt like the 2020 of weeks. The worst. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know, guys. I just really think we're not going to get a whole college football season. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that one here in a little <laughs> while. Um, we do have some exciting news. If you uh, follow us on our Facebook page, we did drop. We were on the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, and that episode went live this week. Yes. So head over there and listen to uh, you know all three of us demonstrate our sports genius. <laughs> Keep in mind that the show's tagline is... The show's tagline is that we're demonstrating that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a lot of fun, though. It it was a super was. like good time. Like, definitely give it a listen because there's 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 some little nuggets of of comedy in there for sure. Yeah, and, and, and I'm talking and to one of the hosts. Showing. What's that? We had a better showing. We had a better showing in the second half than we did in the first. Yeah, half. we did. We totally did. Yeah. Yep. I am talking to one of the hosts, Josh. We're going to have him on the show here sometime soon. Oh, that's so outstanding. Um, you know, just, just get them on, get some fresh perspective. And yeah, you know, the more the merrier. That's our fans won't have it. to listen to the three of us all night. Yes. And they, let's face it. They're probably tired of that anyway. All 26 of them. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> well, let's on that note, let's dive into this uh, this week's show. Uh, the NBA the, has announced and voted and the league year is going to start on December 22nd with the NBA draft being on November 18th. 
for those doing the math, yes, that is just over one month from draft to the start of the season. Yes, and it's also it'll only be 71 days from the end of last season to beginning of this next season, uh, yeah. which is the shortest turnaround in American sports history. Yeah, and I think so, it's only a 71-game season. A 72 games, I, I 72. believe. Yes, yeah, 72 games, um, you know, which I feel like they're going to cram a lot of games into a short amount of time. Um, I don't know how this is going to work because, let's face it, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but there is a uh, horrible increase of COVID cases around the globe right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, doctors and epidemiologists and virologists are terrified about what Thanksgiving is going to do to those numbers. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's let's see what the NBA does. Hopefully they play in empty arenas, but somehow I'm not, uh, you know, I didn't see anything. Uh, well, the Lakers have announced that no fans will be in home games until further notice. Good. That is smart. Uh, um I just, I don't know, man. Honestly, uh, why can't we do an East and West bubble? Because I mean, we're America, and that's yeah, that's why. Yeah, and I, I mean, say and that it, with all the sarcasm I can muster. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, have we figured out where Toronto's playing yet? I don't think we have. Oh, oh, that's... they're playing in Narnia. That's where they're going to play. There we go. You know, that's probably the safest place to play right now. I might as well at this point. Why not? You know, let's let's host, we're, place we're it, in the place of games in Narnia that's in Middle Earth. You know, be. God, this is this. I just feel like this is going to be a shit show. Yeah, the the Toronto Sun is still asking as of four hours ago, where will the Raptors play? Um, so Yay. yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have a, uh, they're just going to have 71 or 72, uh, away games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause there's no clear, uh, no clear front runner. Although Nashville, New Jersey, Tampa, Buffalo, and Kansas city have all been speculated. Oh, Wow. Nashville, ten, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Buffalo, New York. I wouldn't go anywhere near Florida right now. Um, not even if you told me, hey, Mike, there's $2 billion in, in fucking Tallahassee. I would still probably hard pass, okay? Because, like, I couldn't enjoy $2 billion if I got the COVID. So, I don't know, man. I, I just, I, you know, I love basketball, and I'm excited to see them play, but I would have. I was more on board with the with the, like the mid January or even February start that a lot of the players were uh, stumping for. Um, you know, I, I just think this is too quick of a turnaround uh, because you know most teams got to play in the bubble, um, and we've seen what happens when you force a season. Look at the NFL; uh, injuries are through the roof. Um, you know, they're canceling games now and postponing games. I mean. It, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm at a loss for words, which is saying something. Well, the Raptors <laughs> aren't the only ones who are looking for a home this coming season. Uh, Russell Westbrook is too. One, Tim, props on the transition there. Well done. 
Um, <laughs> so the segue is very nice. Yeah. Very good. They're not uh, just for riding. Yes. Uh, so he was traded in July of 2019 for two first rounders, Chris Paul and other draft considerations. Um, That's a lot for a single player. Yeah. Uh, and let's face it, only getting a year out of him. Uh that's horrible, especially when you have no first round picks. Um, right. To, re- you know, maybe replace that talent. Um, the the report I saw from Bleacher Report was that he wants to be in charge of the offense again. Um, needless to say, his experience playing with James Harden the second time around uh, didn't go as well as people thought it would um, because they're two very ball dominant guards. Um, but I mean, Look at Westbrook last season. uh, You know, it it was a case of diminishing returns. Um, He's he was never what you would call the most accurate shot. uh, And it only got worse. Um, You know, I feel that a lot of the work he did, you know, you remember that string of triple doubles uh, that he had that last year in Oklahoma City. That was because, uh, you know, Oklahoma City uh, wasn't I mean, I'm not saying they're a bad team, but he's obviously was the most talented player on that roster. Um, right. You know, so that, I think that played into it, you know, a lot like Kevin love when he was in Minnesota had like 50 something straight double doubles. Well, when you're the biggest fish in a small pond, you know, you're going to stand out, Yeah. Uh, you know, so, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised, uh, but I mean, it, it, who's gonna, who's going to take that contract? Uh, you know, that's uh, what were the teams that were, uh, rumored to be interested, Tim. Well, so those teams were actually for James Harden. Oh, for Harden, yes. Who there's some speculation that he may want out too. I don't think the situation down in Houston is very good, especially after uh, Daryl Morey's yeah departure. Um, I, I if if Houston's forced to move both of them, there's going to be a lot of upset Rockets fans because. I don't know. Uh, those are that's the offense. If you move Harden and uh, Westbrook, um, you know, so that'll that'll kind of throw things off in the West. Um, but, but Bobby yeah. Marks was reporting that the Warriors, Celtics, Nets, Nuggets, and Sixers would be among the suitors for James Harden. Yeah, and I, honestly, I don't know how. Uh, I don't understand. It, it would have to involve some kind of big trade with Golden State because their cap uh, is is just atrocious right now um you know you, boston i could see they have a lot of young talent there how would you uh mix in james harden and all that i mean it's just like where's russell westbrook gonna go where he's gonna fit seamlessly into an offense like i just don't see the match um you know there so i mean who knows um i'll be honest as a Cavs fan i would love if they had the pieces to pull a trade <laughs> to bring westbrook to cleveland um but we all know that's not true uh, cleveland has no. no assets um and it's cleveland I, I don't feel like russell westbrook would play there uh so i don't know i just i think it's uh like you said it's gonna be a bad situation down in houston you want to hear about another bad situation of Tony Larusa in Chicago. Yeah, buddy. This is off to a fantastic start. Larusa has already re- received a DUI in which he reportedly tried to use his stature as a legendary coach uh, to get out of it with the cop. 
don't you know who I am? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's um, always the best. Yeah, that's basically what he did. And it's already caused issues. Marcus Stroman, uh, the star player for the Mets, uh, flat out said that after the DUI situation, he will not go to Chicago. Uh, he then signed a one-year qualifying offer with the Mets today. So, Yeah, I mean, let's face it. The Chicago White Sox fired Rick Renteria as the manager. And I'm not saying Rick was without his faults. Um, but he you know, won the po- coach of the year. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and the funny thing is, is on Twitter, the, the Chicago White Sox social media people were like, congratulations, Rick Renteria. Um, yeah. And the guy you, which you fired and then you hired the owners, buddy, um, to essentially come in and manage, uh, La Russa hasn't managed in 10 years. Um, you know, and he did, if, if memory serves, he was the manager for the White Sox in the eighties. Um, I, if I believe if, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, you know, so um, but yeah, this is, this is horrible. Like you, you f- fire the manager of the year, the AO manager of the year, and then hire a guy. And within days of him being hired, um, he's charged with a DUI. And then the video comes out a day or two later, like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He coached the white Sox from 79 to 86. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't going crazy because then he went to Oakland and then he went to St. Louis. Yeah. Where he was in St. Louis forever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a, this is what you would call a public relations fiasco. Um, and I, for one, uh, <laughs> I, first off, I'm glad nobody was hurt, um, during the Larusa situation. That's what I'm happiest about. Um, but it's, I always think it's funny when these teams have public relations issues like that, because imagine being the PR guy. He's like, man, Larusa got a DUI. This sucks. We just hired him. And they're like, hey, Bill, what? Hey, the video came out, man. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's bad. He's it's on. Bad. It's courtesy a la TMZ. Yeah. That's where it came from. <laughs> How bad is it? Well, he, uh, he said, don't you know who I am? <laughs> I've won a World Series. And then Do to- you see my ring? Yeah. I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person. No, this is you know, th- that what he does is like he really like emphasizes the ring as he's like pulling out his wallet, you know, yeah. and getting his license out. And he's like tapping the ring on the license. Yeah. You know? Then while being placed in the backseat of the police car, LaRusa said, I'm legit. I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. You're trying to embarrass me. Oh, God, of course he did. Of course he did. Wow, man, that is, that's what we call the reach, guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and this was in Phoenix. Yeah, because he was he was part of, like, the front office or something with the Diamondbacks, too. Uh, you know, so it's like, dude, just, I don't know, man. That, I mean, it's, it, for me, being the uh, the Cleveland fan, I find this very funny. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, good job, White Sox. Way to go. If you really need a public relations person, I mean, hell, you pay me enough. I'll come work for you because I have to be doing better than the guy that's there now. Right, right. Uh, well, uh, the Cy Young Awards were announced tonight, and both awards, as we predicted, are going to Ohio. Uh, Shane Bieber was the unanimous choice for the Cleveland Indians in the AL. 
Yep. And Trevor Bauer won in the NL for the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, I mean, Bauer's already a free agent. So, um, you know, that uh, it's it's going to be in Cincinnati for all of 15 minutes. Um, but in <laughs> Cleveland, you know, with Bieber, at least we have him for the next year or two before Cleveland moves him out because that's what Cleveland does. Yeah, well, if um, history is any uh, indicator, we will move him by the trade deadline next year. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, think that's what we did with Cologne. I think that's what we did with, uh, was it Finley? No. No, Chuck Finley didn't win a Cy Young. No, who was it? Who was it about like 10 years ago? Cliff Lee. It was Cliff, Cliff Lee and C. another C. one back to back. CC Sabathia and Cliff Lee were back to back. Yeah. Um, both won it and we moved them by the all-star break. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the, the good thing about Bieber is he's still on his rookie contract. So we have a few more years of like arbitration, but I, I just, I, I trust, you know, the Dolans about as far as I could throw them. Yeah. Um, so like I could see <laughs> just like we, we, we lose Lindor the off season. Bieber gets traded by the all-star break. And then I will be, openly weeping on air when that happens. <laughs> what was it? Well, I did also it? see too, um, speaking of free agents that um, three yeah, three uh, free agents rejected their offers to include one DJ LeMayhew. A podcast favorite, DJ LeMayhew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, podcast favorite. He rejected his offer. Yeah, so he's so did uh, real? Is it real Muto? 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 J- JC Real Muto? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then George Springer. All big names. All big yep. names. Rejected their offers on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, and Lemayhew, his offer was like eighteen and a half million. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know if this would be the year I would turn down a qualifying offer. Because you don't know what everybody's financial situation is going to look like after this. And on top of that, baseball owners are notorious for colluding against players and saying, well, we don't have money and we're not going to give you any, you know? So Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, yeah, I think I would have opted in and just like wrote out the year and see how this whole pandemic thing goes. And then if we see a bounce back in finances, then I go into free agency, you know, but I think this year I would have, I would have been, Really happy with 18 and a half mil. Well, let's go over to college football where everything is a shit show. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, there are eight games, I think, at last count for this weekend that have been canceled, including more than half of the SEC. Yep. Uh, LSU, Bama, Georgia, Missouri, Mississippi State, Auburn, and Texas A&M, Tennessee have been canceled. God damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So eight of the, what is it, 12 or 14 teams over there? Yeah. Something like that, uh-huh. yep. And then you've also got Ohio State, Maryland, which was canceled after eight uh, members of that team came down with coronavirus, of the Maryland team. Uh, so far, you know, OSU hasn't reported anything. Um, Memphis Navy. Texas Southern versus uh, New Mexico State and Air Force Wyoming are all canceled this weekend. Yeah, and UTEP UAB was moved to Midland, Texas, a high school stadium that seats 20,000 people uh, because of the uh, horrifying effects of corona in El Paso. Um, Mm. So, uh, yeah, this shit is, it's in the words of 
the great poet Gwen Stefani. Oh, don't. The, oh, my queen. This, sh- this shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> I, I am going to go ahead and predict that not this week, but next week's game, let's see here, uh, the... Do they not play next week? The Notre Dame game is probably going to be canceled next week. Um, I mean, at the rate we're going, I don't see why not. Yeah, I mean... I'm referring to the fact that after they beat Clemson, the entire Notre Dame campus stormed the field. Yeah. Well, that was also after the president of the university went to the Amy Coney Barrett uh, shindig at the White House, and he got coronavirus there. Right, Um, right. Yeah, so, I mean, everybody else was just trying to fit in with the university leader. But... I mean, it's it's not getting any better. I saw a graphic on ABC News where typically uh, positive uh, the, uh, the the positive percentage of people who come down with coronavirus for, for it to be manage- manageable is between two and three and a half percent. South Dakota, if you get it, uh, uh, for all the people that have gotten it, fifty seven percent of them have have had positive tests. Um, hospitals are getting overloaded. Uh, North Dakota has told uh, healthcare workers that if you are asymptomatic, you have to come back to work and you will only work with Corona patients uh, because it's getting so out of hand. Um, do not, do not, do not be surprised uh, if this whole thing just gets canceled. Uh, yeah. they, the way, they it's should, going, the way it's yeah. going, they, I'm, I'm, I'm very tempted to just be like, you know, just stick a fork in it. Just. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love my college football, but college football has managed this the poorest of all of the leagues. Which and, is what we said was going to happen. Yep. Yep. Um, and and in addition to that, you know, not to get on too much of a high horse, we're talking about putting at risk players who are not getting paid. Yeah. They are not volunteering for this. They are being forced to either play or lose out on scholarship money and whatever and be put behind their peers. Yeah. I mean, and it, this is uh, university presidents, presidents and chancellors and all that that are chasing dollar signs rather than uh, student he- taking care of students and their health. This is TV networks trying to make a buck. This is, you know, it, it, this was just a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, and and because you know, of the nature of it, a bubble would never work. Like you couldn't no. just do like we're uh, the Big Ten is all going to Indianapolis and they're all going to play their games on Friday and Saturday in a bubble. Yeah, um, I mean, because football, you have school and stuff you have to worry about, yeah. too. You have I mean, and let's face it. Football does not it's it's not conducive to the bubble. No. Uh, the rosters are too big. Um, you know, the games honestly are too long. You're not likely to have a bunch of uh, football fields in a close enough area to make it work. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you you, you maybe would get three games done in a day, maybe. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just this is. This is just bad. You know, Mm -hmm. we said it would be bad. You know, a lot of the you know, if you look at sports media, like the TV personalities, I'm not going to talk about your your writers but a lot of the TV personalities were like, this is going to be, you know, this is great. This is what the country needs. Um, and then the writers were like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
Uh, <laughs> this is this mm-hmm. is going to be awful, um, and it's it's turning out to be that way. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, it's I just, literally the worst. It's literally the worst. Yeah, the worst right now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Just wanted to throw that out there. No. I, I agree with you 100%, Heather. This is this is an awful idea. I think uh, college football and the NFL should have just called 2020 a lost year, um, and 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 waited until you know all these pharmaceutical companies uh, managed to get vaccines out, and then you come back in 2021. But what the fuck do I know? I just run a podcast with you two. Right. So. At least the NFL players though are getting paid and opted into this. Like this wasn't. Yes. You know, unpaid yes, but, players, unpaid labor, um, not to get too political on it. But, you know, it's a very different world talking MLB, NFL, basketball and hockey versus college football. And, th- and that's true. But still, this is bringing into the fact that it's, it's showing that if you have money, you can be tested whenever you want. But if you look at us regular rank and file folks. Uh, you know, I have friends that have waited weeks to get tested, um, you know, and they can only do it through a university that, that does it every so often rather than, you know, uh, like maybe when they're showing symptoms. Yeah, I, I just th- this whole thing, you know, the test should be going to the mass amounts of people out there rather than just being dedicated to professional athletes because they can buy the damn things. So uh, I'm getting off my soapbox now. And Tim, you're going to take us into the next topic. (laughs) Well, while while we are talking Clemson, Notre Dame, and while we have football to talk about, let's talk about football. Uh, Clemson, Notre Dame played a a really good game. Yes. Yeah, Uh, I was upset. I didn't get to watch that game. Um, I think we were busy just doing stuff around the house. But, like, we were kind of following it um, on ESPN on our phones. But still, like... Notre yeah, Dame won Clemson that one 47 40 in yeah. double overtime. Struggle busing. Yeah, and let's face it, the one thing you can count on in life was death taxes and Notre Dame choking in big games. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that anymore. Yeah, now we can't count on that. And I'm chalking it up to it being 2020 where anything can happen. Mm-hmm. I'm chalking um, it up to coronavirus getting Trevor Lawrence out of that game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Let, let's yeah. be honest. A 47-40 win without the future number one draft pick under center is yeah. not exactly a win to be proud of. Yeah, I mean, I think DJ played a good game. Um, you know, I, I can't remember statistically off the top of my head. And uh, he was 29 of 44 with 439 yards, two touchdowns, two sacks. Yes, and Etienne... Uh, you know, and that's that's a good showing for a, you know, a, a freshman quarterback or sophomore quarterback, and right. uh, only his second start. Um, you know, uh, Etienne had a, I think, a couple. Uh, you know, he, he he hadn't played up to his what we expect from him. Yep, uh, um, twenty-eight yards and a touchdown. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I figured he would have been. A uh, bigger part, you know, have done more because he is an amazing talent. But you can't; every game can't be a. Uh, but he did have fifty-seven yards through the air. Yeah, you know. So I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, Clemson, like like Heather said, not having Tre- or like Tim said, like not having Trevor Lawrence, uh, it hurt. 
it hurt. Yep. Um, it's still hurting. It's yeah. still hurting, clearly. <laughs> because, I mean, you and I fan, you know, fangirled pretty hard over Etienne last week. And, yes, we did. And, yes, we did. Um, yeah, so, uh, no, there's, they're still, uh, still on that struggle bus. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, is because of the truncated season, the ACC passed a uh, rule where Notre Dame can play in the ACC championship game. Uh, so if if well, they're officially part of the ACC for this year. Yes, it just this season though. It, they'll go back to being an independent next year. Do you really see that happening? Yeah, Notre Why? Dame. Notre Dame has one of the richest TV deals. You think they want to share that money with the rest of the ACC schools? No. That's why. No. That's why they stayed independent. Um, they have like one foot in and one foot out of the ACC. Exactly. They get they get the best of both worlds. Yeah. No, uh, they are not giving that up at all. Yeah. And let's face it, if uh, uh, I think if Notre Dame, if you see a Clemson Notre Dame uh, uh, rematch in the ACC championship game, I do think that may force like the ACC commissioner and the other schools presidents uh, and athletic directors to go to Notre Dame and be like, hey, bro. Uh, it's time for you to shit or get off the pot. <laughs> Do you want to stay? <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> uh, in another surprise turnout, uh, Florida just never let Georgia into the game. Well, listen, I, mm, no, the, I don't I don't even have anything for that. I just Florida mm. played a great game. Yep. And then I think we saw uh, Kirby Smart trying to be too smart. Um, and and running with the congressman uh, Stetson Bennett the fourth uh, for too many games. Um, he's a walk on for a reason. Uh, you and I, all three of us, both you know, we all know that if there weren't a ton of injuries in that quarterback room going into the beginning of the season, Bennett would just be in his UGA blazer shaking hands at alumni functions. Um, that he's not a starting quarterback, and he's not going to win you an SEC title. Um, no, he only had 78 yards passing. Yeah, he got injured. Um, he got batted around. That Florida defense is really good. Um, you know, and if there's a year for Florida to uh, kind of get over the Bama hump in the SEC championship game, I think this is the year. Um, so I, I don't know. I just think Florida played a great game. Uh, they, they controlled it through every facet of. Uh, the game, Kyle Trask has been the quarterback Florida's been looking for since fucking Tim Tebow left. You know, like it's Florida's got a, you know, that that's a good team with a lot of momentum. So I would be a, I would be reticent to pick against them. Um, what else do we have from this weekend? Maryland beat Penn State and Penn State fell to 0-3 to start the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, one, I think Mike Loxley's doing a great job in Maryland. Um, getting uh, to his little brother uh, to, to transfer out there uh, was a coup. Um, you know, we, we didn't get to see a lot of Mac Jones for Bama at, until the end of last season. And I was like, man, to his little brother's talented. I, does Mac have it to, to beat him, you know, and start the next season? And I, I think Mac Jones, the decision to go with Mac Jones has paid off for Bama. Um, but uh, to his little brother, is it Talia? Ta- 
Talia or Talia, something like that. I, Honestly, I can't pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not get him. Let's not get Tim to do it because yeah. we, uh, we, we know how that's going to go. Let, let's just Tago Vailoa Jr. Uh, as I'll call him, um, has just been phenomenal in Maryland. And holy shit, that dude is every bit as talented as his brother is. Um, you know, so Maryland, it seems like they're turning things around. Uh, and I can stop ripping on the Big Ten for inviting Maryland to join the conference. Uh, but unfortunately, we still have Rutgers, uh, who is a joke. Um, and Nebraska. Yeah, and Nebraska. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, man, uh, Maryland was great. Uh, you know, Coastal and Coastal Carolina kept it going. Uh, let's go, let's go, Shanna Clears. <laughs> um, you know, we we all have our uh, favorite teams, but the podcasts team is the Chanticleers okay we're going with them Uh, (laughs) you heard it here first folks that's right Uh, Um, right alongside me (laughs) um well in well in since um I mean why not let's just add more to the LSU misery um our quarterback uh is likely not going to play another down for LSU in 2020 he is out with an abdominal hip injury that will likely require surgery. Oh man! So he is he is out for the rest of the of what is left of the year, I guess. What is that? The way I'm going to say it? I don't yeah. know. He's out for the <laughs> remainder of the season. There he's we out, go. Yeah, but so what if there is a remainder of a season? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's going to say? So he's out for the next like two weeks, and that's yeah. it. Let's Before they cancel it. At this point, Orgeron <laughs> should just go to a triple option and have three running backs back there. So, uh, you know. God. So yeah. So you know, let's just let's just go ahead and just dump a bucket of shit on on our season this year. We're we're just we're just gonna do that, okay? So, so here's a question: um, the SEC scheduled normally. For this season, uh, with the exception of everything being a uh, in in conference game, um, why couldn't the SEC just go? Hey, we're going to hit pause for a couple weeks. Everybody isolate, and then we're coming back because they have that extra gap between what would be their uh, championship game and when the bowls start anyway because of the rest of the uh, the conferences. Mm, because. Yeah. I think what part of that is is because now with all of these games being postponed, they still have to be played. And so Okay, and then so, you, so you hit the pause button starting now. But you know they're not gonna do that because they want the money. It's all it's always down to the green. And right, and like I said my argument is they're not gonna get the money if they don't. Well, I mean, fair enough. True that, but again, it's because so many games are being postponed and they're going to have to get replayed and everybody's going to have to get this shit figured out that they're, they're, they're not going to do that Yeah. because they want to have that buffer between, um, you know, between the bowl games and when, you know, the conference championship stuff was supposed to be, they want that buffer to make up for all of these games that are get po- getting postponed. Yeah, and let's face it, Tim. Uh, you know, Heather already said it. It comes down to money. If they don't play, there's no. You know, they're not getting paid for that. The, you know, the networks aren't paying them for that. So, um, I don't know. You know, the the 
Tar Heels are, you know, UNC's claiming a $30 million loss this year. Um, you know, you've got schools axing other sports just to, to balance the budget. Like, um, I don't know. You know, we, we've said it multiple times. This season is going to show you just how poorly athletic directors are at managing their finances. Uh, you know, like this is. Uh, well, and managing their athletes, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. But yeah, I mean, fuck, who knows, man? I, I'm, I'm not holding my breath on the conference championship week. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Just> no. <laughs> my next question for you guys is this. Um, what exactly does Jim Harbaugh have to do to get fired? Uh, continue breathing. Uh, he's not making it through the end of the season. No, I don't, I don't think he's making it through the end of the season. I don't um, Michigan got, I, I, if I remember correctly, crushed by Indiana. Yeah. And is now one and two to start the season. Yeah. And then, the, it, you know, what kills me is, is they lost to Michigan State, who was bombarded this weekend, too. Um, yep. You know, going into this season, even before the Rona hit, um, you know, that quarterback that they have, he was supposed to be the guy that uh, gives Michigan the quarterback to beat everybody. And week one, it looked like it. Yeah, but, um, I, it, it, you know, unbeknownst to us, Indiana has improved leaps and bounds. Uh, Where did that come from? No kidding. Um, they've done a great job. Um, you know, but this dude, I'm not saying he's not talented. Uh, you know, that I think that would be very ignorant to say he's only a freshman um you know there's plenty of room to grow he's got at least another guaranteed two seasons in ann arbor but yeah he hasn't i don't know man i maybe there was just too much expected of him going into the season um and and he's you know he's taken some lumps man like uh, indiana got after him um you know, Harbaugh is a monster recruiter and maybe his ability to coach has just passed him by in the college ranks um, because he his teams do not look prepared. Uh, and they're supposed to be more physically gifted than, you know, he, he, he top 10, top 15 recruiting classes every year, it seems like. So I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing up there. I, uh, I think it I, might I be time for him to go back to the NFL and work for his brother. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's already been talk that he's looking at exiting and granted, this is just rumor, the rumor mail on like Bleacher Report, Twitter, um, but that he's looking for an escape back to the pros. Um, and I think he would bump into the same issues he's having in college. The game is more wide open. This isn't a league now where you could run two tight ends, a fullback, uh, and, and just run the ball heavily and live off play action when you do throw. Uh, you know, this is a game where you have to have five receiver sets. This is a game where defensively you have to have uh, five good corner uh, defensive backs uh, to guard against the pass. You know, your your linebackers have to be able to split out and cover tight ends and running backs. You know, it, it's it's a whole different game now. And it seems like John Harbaugh or uh, Jim Harbaugh has not made that adjustment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's take the jump to the NFL. And there wasn't a whole lot of news this week. So let's just jump into game recap. And uh, I hate to pick on you here, Mac. No, you don't. But the Jets snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory against your Patriots. Yeah, they did. 
Uh, the um, Patriots are not doing good without Brady. Uh, no, we saw how like Brady, I think, showed just how good he was. <laughs> nice, Heather. <laughs> we are we are now the hometown crowd total landscaping podcast. That's right. Um, we we do all our best work from the uh parking lot of a lawnscaping company. Uh, anyway, that's anyway. where that's where all the best press conferences happen. Um, <laughs> I wanted to but, add some legitimacy to our podcast. Okay, I appreciate you for it, Heather. You're welcome. Thank um, you. But yeah, Brady showed how good he was because he still had a good season last year when there was no talent on offense. Um, you know. Uh, Bird, Dari- uh, Bird came up big. Jacoby Myers had 167 yards receiving. Um, before Damian Harris went out, he and Burkhead were running the ball great. But uh, you know, this is a this isn't a good offensive team. And the strength of the de- the Pats defense was the defensive backfield, and they got torched. Joe Flacco was dropping 50 yard bombs all over the fucking place. Uh, I mean, he made a huge mistake uh, taking a sack. Uh, putting putting the Jets out of a, a field goal ra- or in, taking a sack in the two minute drill, um, and then the Jets did what we like to call Jets things, uh, and had twelve men on the field on fourth down. So uh, it gave the Pats the opportunity to kick a game winning field goal in the waning seconds of the game, um, and I was abundantly happy about it. But this this Pats team, I expected a drop off. I just didn't expect it to be off a fucking cliff. Um, okay. So, so let, let's pose the question. We're at the halfway point of the season, roughly. Uh, we just finished week nine. Um, is it Brady or is it Belichick or is it, in my opinion, I think it's probably that Brady on his own is, you know, an above average quarterback on his own. Uh, and Belichick is an above average coach on his own, but the combination is what made them fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm not going that far. Uh, I think they were both two of the best at, at what they do. And together they made the Patriots. Honestly, that, that's, this is the most dominant run in pro football um, ever, you know, that, that this 20 year span. Um, but I mean, Brady, before running into a Saints football team that figured out how to play football again, uh, was was doing Brady things down in Tampa, um, you know, and, and we'll get to that one in a second here. Yeah, mm, yeah, but, we, yeah, we will. You know, but uh, Belichick, uh, you know, he won eleven games with the Browns uh, during his short term there. His, uh, this is just—I mean, Belichick said it best last week. We we sold out, uh, maxed out our cap, uh, so we could win Super Bowls, and they did. Uh, you know, the last few years. Um, but now it's kind of like you have to pay the piper uh, for he had, they have no cap flexibility. You're probably going to see Stephon Gilmore moved in the offseason. Uh, they haven't drafted well in the first round. I mean, look at Nikhil Harry. Uh, he's been a bust. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, first round busts for the Pats in the last 10 or 15, uh, 10 years or so. So like when you don't when you can't consistently plug a talented player in and hit on your first second you know, our first, second, and third round picks, you're going to pay for it. And that's what the, that's what the Pats are doing right now. Uh, they're paying, uh, they're paying the, the price for not drafting well and for maxing out their cap. Uh, me as a Pats fan, does it suck? Sure. Uh, but I still get to 
enjoy six Super Bowl wins. Uh, I still get to remember fondly uh, those this dominant run, and I'll still be here uh, <laughs> if the Pats are winning three, four, five games a year again. So I'm okay with it. Um, but I'll tell you what. You know what I love more than watching the Patriots struggle against a bad team? What's that, Tim? Watching the Steelers struggle against a bad team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a solid. That's a um, that, that's a solid uh, comparison. Yeah. Yeah, the the Steelers struggled to hold off the Cowboys, who were led by AAF. We'll we'll call him the AAF MVP, Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it James was uh, James was not very happy with that end result. He got quite yeah, loud. But, he got quite loud during that game. But I mean, that's that's what teams. That's what really good teams do. They win. They win the the, the great games. They win the ugly games. Um, and I, I mean, that all, really, when, when you get down to it, all that matters is is they won. Um, you know, not every game is going to be a, a a beautiful thing. Uh, and this was not a pretty game for the Steelers. Um, no, but it was not. You know. I mean, this this might be the best Steelers team I've ever seen. Um, they're really talented. Really? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. They've completely rebuilt that defense. Um, you know, they're dealing with injury. They draft well. They have guys that they can plug in uh, when injuries take over. I mean, it's this is a good team. Um, they, I think they still have some work to do. Uh, because I'm not going to count the Chiefs out. I, I still think they're the favorites in the AFC. Um, but yeah, man, this is, the Steelers team's good. They they improved to eight and zero with that win. Um, now let's turn to a a subject that's going to make Heather very happy. <laughs> New Orleans just beat the shit out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. Yeah, we did. Uh, the loss is the first time in history mm-hmm. that Tom Brady has lost has been swept by a division rival. Now, granted, yep. he played in the AFC East, and those teams were very bad for v- a very long time. Yes, uh, but <laughs> thirty-three. I, Heather, listen. Do you know what makes me so happy about this? One number one is seeing Tom Brady's big, stupid, blubbering face being so pissed off on the bench. Like, you could just, you could see him just seething, right? And now this means that this is not once, but twice we have fucked his shit up. Yeah. And that's I don't think Tom so- Brady enjoys playing Drew Brees twice a season. He, does. he doesn't no. like it does not like it and so because I was I I mean I went with my boys but I mean I was I was a little worried about it because you know Tampa had been doing okay you know here the last couple of weeks and they've been playing good football they were Tampa really does yeah Uh, and they really were yeah and so (laughs) I figured you know like I figured they were going to make the adjustments that they needed to from the first time they played the Saints and clearly they did not. It seemed like everybody yeah. just forgot what the fuck they were supposed to do that game. I, w- I watched the entire game. Uh, Drew Brees, you know, for a man that Heather and I both 
uh, I think, logically questioned if he still had the arm strength to play, has adjusted his game. Um, mm-hmm. He knows maybe he's not going to hit the deep ball anymore. So they've chopped that tree down. They run a lot of crossing routes, and it, he puts his receivers in the best position to catch the ball and get yards after the catch. Um, you know, Kamara did a great I – mean, he just gashed Tampa's defensive line. Uh you know, by the third quarter, they focused on Indomitian Sue, and he was just sucking wind, man. That guy, you can tell Tampa's, like, they, uh, New Orleans controlled the clock so well mm-hmm. uh, with that yeah, short intermediate passing game and running. 11 different players, every, get this, Tim, every player that was allowed to catch a pass, okay, this is not counting the offensive line, every player but one on the active roster caught a football. Wow. That's actually an impressive stat. Yeah. Yeah. And then what killed me was Taysom Hill. Listen, my boy had such a good game. I was so proud of him. Dude. And the thing is, is he's a monster. Like at this point, if I'm Sean Payton, I'm telling him straight up, you are no longer a quarterback. I'm going to make you an H back. I'm going to do whatever I can to get the ball in your hands. Um, because for a guy his size, for a quarterback, okay, he blocks well, okay. Uh, he's a giant, Tim. I didn't realize how big he was. But it seemed like the Tampa defenders did not like hitting him. No, okay? no. You yeah, he's 6'2", 221. Yeah. Dude, it, he's, but yeah, he is, he's a big boy. He's a you fucking could tell. monster, though. Yeah, you could tell, though. You could tell they would kind of let off the gas a little bit. Because, well, because they just did not want to run into that. Yeah, Hill ran over guys. Uh, you know, yeah. in a span of three plays, he had like a 21-yard rush and like a 26-yard uh, catch. Um, you know, he scored another touch. Like the guy is just like, if I'm Peyton, I'm just telling him you're switching numbers. Uh, I'm going to make you number 17 or whatever, and you're going to be a wide out and sometimes a tight end and sometimes running back, and just keep him on the field. Just keep him on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michael Thomas is coming back from suspension and injury. Uh, you know, so is Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, but the rest of that kind of receiving core, they're not what you would call burners. Uh, I think they've done well with the, with the personnel that they have. But if, if, if I've got Taysom Hill, uh, dude, I'm keeping him on the damn field. Um, you know, and that because that just adds a whole other, like, dynamic aspect to a really good Saints offense. But uh, defensively, they shut down everything. Uh, I don't know if it was the combination of uh, Tampa's offensive line forgetting how to block. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, yeah, it just, yeah, it was, it like was I bad. said, I, but just seeing Tom Brady's face throughout the game just was just the mwah, mwah, just made it perfect. Yeah, he, so you, you could tell he was frustrated. I, Arians and that coaching staff had no clue what to do. And, and after halftime, you could tell that they tried to make an adjustment and it didn't work. Uh, the Saints defense was just too much. Uh, and that's that's shocking because they took a huge step back this year uh, mm-hmm. it, earlier in the season. Like they just didn't look like the same defense that had improved so much. Uh, so maybe this is maybe this is a springboard for the Saints to to go on a nice little tear, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, dude, that game was a clinic. It was perfect football from one team. And my favorite, though, my favorite was the meme that you sent of, let's be honest, the Falcons would have blown this lead. Yes. That, <laughs> that was my favorite. That gave me the best giggles. So. 
Yeah. Well, that'll wrap up the uh, news portion of our show. And let's jump into our quick picks of the week. Uh, quick update on the standings. It was not good for anybody na- not named Heather. Um, I went three and five. I sit still in first place at 32 and 21, but Heather's five and three performance moved her uh, closer. She now sits at uh, 30 and 23. Mac had a 0 for 4 day in college football and split even in the NFL for a 2 and 6 weekend. And he has fallen below 500. (laughs) Mac now now sits at 26 and 27 on his quick picks. Yeah, this was this was my weekend of L's. Um, You know, it happens. I expect I expected too much. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so let's let's starting the bar a little bit, Mac. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's Maybe start in college stars, football. Okay, just shoot for like the road sign or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go All ahead. Right, well, go ahead. let's start in college football, and in the Big Ten, we get Northwestern, a three-point favorite at Purdue. Mac, what do you like? Uh, I like what Fitzgerald's doing in Northwestern. Uh, he. Oh, Every few years, he gets those nerds to play really good football. Um, and I'm going to go Northwestern on this. Uh, I think uh, Brahm's done a good job in Purdue. But I, I, Fitzgerald just, I like what he's doing. So that's my pick. <laughs> Heather? Uh, that is also my pick. I went with Northwestern. All right. So right, right off the bat, we have a little bit of a disagreement because I feel Not- like Purdue is uh, – you know they're that team that wins that one big game every year. They're the uh, the um, the Texas Tech. No, who is in the Big Twelve that always up? Uh, Iowa State. They're the Iowa State of the Big Ten, eh. and they always manage to pull out like one good game. Uh, so I'm taking Purdue in this one. Okay, well Tim, I hope you lose. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure you do. That's <laughs> fine. Down in the ACC, we get Miami at Virginia Tech. The home team, Virginia Tech, is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Heather, we'll start with you on this one. Um, I am going to go Miami on this uh, just because I know that Virginia Tech is probably still big mad about Liberty last week. And so um, I don't, but I don't think, so I, even though I've picked Miami, I don't think it's going to be easy for him um, because to Eric King, I mean, he's, he's looking pretty solid. You know, they took a chance on him um, out of Houston and he's completing, you know, 64% of his passes. He's already got like 1800 yards this season. He's got 16 touchdowns. Um, however, the Miami running game is not that great outside of him. Yeah. So I, I, I still think that Miami is going to be able to, to pull it out, but I don't think it's going to be easy for them. All right. And Mac, I'm going Miami. Uh, I really like to Eric King. Um, he's a phenomenal talent uh, that, you know, he, you know, Miami still has some, some warts on that roster, but, Derek King can take over a game by himself. Um, yeah, he this can come isn't to clutch when he needs to. So. Yeah, this isn't this isn't the same VT team uh, that we saw under Frank Beamer. 
Uh, I really think Fuente has a lot of work to do to keep his job at Virginia Tech. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I definitely think this is Miami and Eric King's game. Yeah, I am in agreement with you guys on this one. I think Miami is just a better team. I understand Virginia Tech is coming off a uh, a sore loss against Liberty. I understand that Miami barely uh, beat NC State last week, but I've got Miami in this one. Well, I mean, NC State's not a bad team this year. Um, they're they're going to be one of those up and coming programs. So I respect Miami beating uh, a good uh, NC state team uh, rather than Virginia tech struggling with Liberty. Yeah. I get at Liberty's uh, undefeated, but they haven't really played anybody and they don't play an ACC schedule. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, In the big 12, we get TCU on the road to West Virginia who is a three-point favorite. Mac, kick it off. Uh, I mean, the Big 12, I just, it hurts to read about them. It hurts to watch them. I I hate Big 12 football. Um, But if anybody can scheme uh, and win against a pretty good offensive squad, uh, you know, West Virginia has some, they've had some ups and downs, but they, they typically play really good football. I really like Gary Patterson at TCU, though. I think he's a great head coach. Um, and uh, I, I'm going to go TCU. Go Horn Frogs. All right, Heather. I went with West Virginia in this one, believe it or not. Um, I think that their passing game has found their groove here recently. Uh, the defense has been really strong. Um, they are kind of, you know, like they're ranked up there in getting into the backfield. Um, and then it's also their pass defense is amazing right now. Um, and their offense has hit a, the 300 yard mark through the air in each of the last four games. So I think that they are just really, they, they've hit their stride. And, um, so yeah, so that's, that's, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with West Virginia on this one. I want you guys to mark this on the calendar that two games in a row, I am picking against the home team and against the favorite. Uh, I've got TCU in this one. Mm. Uh, And now we head to conference USA for a little bit of a, "Eh, why not game? Uh, (laughs) Let's pick rice at Louisiana tech, who is a point and a half favorite at home. Heather, this is in your home state. Mm. <laughs> start us off. Mm. Well, I don't like tech. Let's start that. I'm pretty sure I've said that numerous times in this podcast, but I, because I don't, because um, that was our big rival. Um, but unfortunately, I picked them in this game uh, just because they've had more playing time on the field. And... Um, I don't know. Like I said, this one, I just went a little more with meh because I don't really care. But (laughs) because I'm from Louisiana and I'll throw the dogs a stupid bone. And there you go, Louisiana Tech. Don't ever say I didn't do something nice for you. (laughs) Mac, who do you like here? Uh, You know, Rice was one of the worst offensive teams in the country last year. Um, 
you know, they've barely played any football. Uh, you know, Louisiana Tech managed You know, they, I th- you know, they they win seven, eight games a year. Um, you know, and honestly, I don't know a lot about them. You don't uh, need to. There's not enough. There's not a lot to know, so it's fine. <laughs> but just based on the fact that Rice was offensively inept, uh, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Louisiana Tech and. Hopefully we get some fans in Ruston for this. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I also have Louisiana Tech in this one. Um, I have no skin in this game. I have no reason for it other than they're a home team favorite, and Rice hasn't had a chance to prove what they are yet. They've played two games, um, so I'm going to go with Louisiana Tech. All right. We- which wraps up our college football quick pick. Whoa, and whoa, takes whoa, whoa. Us- no, no, no. It does not wrap it up. We're picking Coastal Carolina against whoever they're playing. Okay. That's- <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we're, we're in agreement. Coastal Carolina is going to win this week. Um, that game is against, I'm not even sure. Um, the Chanticleers are playing Troy. Okay. Yeah, we're definitely going coastal, uh, and I will be contacting the athletic department to see if they want to sponsor us. So, <laughs> I mean, listen, hey, we'll, we'll take it. I'm not. They're turn. a local-ish team, aren't they? Uh, Myrtle yeah, Beach. That's hometown Myrtle crowd. Beach. That's hometown yeah. crowd lane. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? It's our backyard in Fayetteville. Uh, but now let's head to the NFL, and we will kick it off with the battle of rookie quarterbacks who are showing a lot of promise. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers head into Miami to take on Tua and the Dolphins. Mac, yes. who do you like in this one? Uh, Miami is a two and a half point favorite. Miami. Uh, I love Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad I was wrong about him. I had a lot of questions of him, about him coming out of Oregon. Um, but the Chargers don't know how to win football games. Uh, they just keep losing football games <laughs> that they should win. Um, and I'm telling you right now, I think going to Tua uh, was probably the best thing for Brian Flores down in Miami. He's been amazing these last two weeks. Um, and, you know, you're going to have ups and downs with rookie quarterbacks. I'm well aware. But Brian Flores has got Miami, you know, winning football. You know, if, if the season ended right now, Miami's in the playoffs. Um, you know, so uh, I'm going Miami. Uh, I really like Tua. Uh, I really like Herbert. But. With that being said, Los Angeles does not know how to win games. <laughs> Heather, who wins this, Herbert or Tua? Um, I went with Tua. I went with Tua. Well, you literally, have- that was the only reason I picked it. <laughs> yeah, you don't ha- you don't have to hate him anymore because I he don't. Does not- I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to hate him anymore. Which is weird though, because I still hate Cam Newton. Like. A lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> but for some reason, yeah, I don't, I don't have that same hatred for for Tua. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to disagree with you guys on this one. I really like what Justin Herbert has been able to do in uh, Los Angeles. I think he is. Uh, he's moved himself into the Rookie of the Year conversation. I still think that might be Joe, uh, Joe Burrow's award to lose. 
But Herbert has at least made himself a solid second place, and I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. Oh, wow. You mean this is the team that can't win close games. They always seem to lose in the last three minutes of a game. <laughs> Possible, but who says this is going to be a close one? We're talking about Miami here. Yeah, five and three and in the playoffs right now, Miami. Um, another battle of promising young quarterbacks. We head to Arizona where – the Cardinals and Kyler Murray take on Buffalo. Uh, Arizona's a one-point favorite at home. Heather? Um, I went with Buffalo on this one just because I think they are super juiced up after that win against the Seahawks this week. And so, but I don't think that Arizona's going to make it easy on them at all. But I think just... Making um, making Russell Wilson just look like a seventh grade quarterback out there last yeah. week. I think that's enough. I think that's kind of filled their tanks a little bit. So I, I'm going to go with Buffalo on this one. Matt? Yeah, I'm going to go Buffalo as well. Um, I think we could all stop talking shit about Mr. Allen out at Buffalo. Uh, he has shown he's an NFL quarterback. Uh, he's, he, he knows how to work that offense. Buffalo's got a great defense. Um, you know, and, and I think Heather's right coming off a big win against the Seahawks when a lot of people, including myself, are starting to question them, um, you know, after they just got boat raced by Kansas city, um, you know, they really turned it around. Uh, and, and I think they have the right, uh, template, uh, to play Arizona if they play the same way they did it against Arizona as they did at Seattle. You've got a guy, a, qu- a quarterback that could run for big chunks of yardage. Um, you know, Buffalo's got a very aggressive defense. So I- I'm going to go ahead and say Buffalo. Well, this is going to be a very interesting week for the standings because I have been high on Kyler Murray all season. Um I picked, I believe, if I remember correctly, I picked Arizona over Seattle a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to ride ride that one out. I've got uh, Arizona in this one. Man. This, 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 for, me, for me, honestly, this was one game where I was like, it could really go either way. Yeah. This yeah. one was, was a little, like, that. that pick was a little harder to make because, like I said, it really could go either way. So... For the same reason that you guys think Buffalo is going to come out strong in this one, I worry that they're going to come out a little flat. They're going to come out of that big Seattle win and maybe sleep on Kyler a little bit. I don't Uh, know, man. I I don't. You can't sleep on Kyler. Nobody can. All he's done is play great football since his rookie year. Um, I'm glad to see, you know, he was told he was too small to be an effective quarterback. And I think him and Kingsbury together are, you know, that's a dynamic duo. Yeah. Uh, let's head out West for an NFC West matchup. Seattle heads to Los Angeles to take on the Rams who are a one and a half point favorite. Uh, Heather, you're giving me looks. Did you not see my message where I said we dropped Tennessee and Indy? No, no I did not. I missed that message. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, we're doing Seattle and the Rams. Uh, okay. The um, Rams are a point and a half favorite. Mac, this is yours to start. Thank you. And plus, that gives me a little bit of time to think. I appreciate yeah, that. Um, you know, it was it was a bad loss for Seattle last week. Uh, Westbrook looked confused and under the gun the entire time. 
you, you, you know, he, you typically don't see games like that from Russell Westbrook or uh, Russell Wilson, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, but I, I trust Wilson um, to come back from a bad game and have a big one. Uh, so I'm going to go Seahawks. Um, I, I just, I think that's a better team overall. I don't trust the Rams. Uh, they just seem so helter skelter. And honestly, Jared Goff, uh, I'm not sold that this guy is going to be a starting quarterback in two years. Yeah. Heather, you got your pick. Or um, you need me to go first. No, no, it's fine. Um, I think I am going to go with the Seahawks on this one. I think they're going to be hella salty about what happened last week. And I think that they're, they're going to bring it. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to go Seattle on this one. I'm in agreement. I got Seattle in this one. I think uh, the Rams probably only have Aaron Donald working for them right now. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they have all that much uh, that you can that you can bank on. You can bank on Aaron having a good game, um, maybe a couple of those wide receivers. But that's really all I've got for them. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, McVeigh doesn't look like he's recovered from that Super Bowl loss. Um, you know, uh, I, I just and, and the way they capped out to, to make that Super Bowl run, they haven't really uh, plugged a lot of pieces in. Their running game is suspect. Um, and like I said, I, I don't think Jared Goss is starting quarterback in a few years. Right. I think I think the Rams made a big mistake giving him that huge deal. Uh you know, and that's going to put them up against the wall cap wise. So it's going to be interesting going forward to see how they're able to kind of inject some new talent into that team with no money. All right. And that brings us to our uh, hopefully sponsored at some point pick of the week. We have the Washington football team heading to Detroit to take on the Lions. Club. Uh, I avoided the NFC East versus NFC East matchup this time. Thank God. Um, Heather, we're going to start with you. There is no favorite in this game. It's pretty much a pick. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Color me surprised. Um, because I don't give a shit. <laughs> Here. So I just went with Detroit on this one. All right, Mac. Um, how, I mean, Northeast Ohio's home. I'm always going to rip on Detroit and the whole state of Michigan. Um, we don't give how, a damn for the whole state of Michigan. Exactly. But how bad do you feel for Lions fans that just a few years ago won nine games under Jim Caldwell? They fire him and bring in Matt Patricia, <laughs> who has done jack and shit. Uh, with that team since he got there. Um, I don't know if Patricia's made out to be a good head coach. Uh, he could be one of those guys that is a great coordinator, and that's okay. You could have an outstanding career doing that. Um, but I think he's got Charlie Weiss syndrome, where he's going to call a great game at their respective coordinator positions and then do nothing as a head man. Um, so... Uh, the second half of my little diatribe is Alex Smith, a man who almost had his leg cut off two years ago, uh, threw for over 300 yards last week. Um, Terry McLaurin uh, from the Ohio State University has been, has been balling out. Um, 
So give me the Washington Football Club uh, okay. in the win. Um, I am picking uh, Matt Prater. <laughs> the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> in this game, I'm going with Matt Prater. Um, I... I, I don't know that anybody gets on the board in this game other than the kickers. And I will yeah. take Prater to win. Mm-hmm. Um, not the least of which because he's on my fantasy football team. Uh, <laughs> because if there's one thing that you can count on, it's Detroit to get a lot of points for your kicker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, we need to do, do not put the lion's logo on your pick, Tim, make sure you get a picture of Prater and throw that in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but speaking of fantasy football, it's time for our fantasy football or fantasy update. No. Uh, the fantasy football playoffs are quickly approaching. I got back into the win column with a dominant victory over Mac. Yeah. Uh, Team No Luck beat number one fan James. The fantasy football team handed French button pushers their second defeat of the season. Modine's three and out fell to the Chiefs head Canucks, and Team Burza handed Heather a well-deserved loss after how she talked last week. You do not need to say it like that. (laughs) First of all, we'll start there. And second of all, it was a flash in the pan, and I'm really happy I had it. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to have it, it you, you were glad it was against me, right? Always. Fucking Luke. Always. This I week, however. chance to just pop you in your big smug mouth. So. This week features a heavyweight battle as the top two teams of the league, myself and French button pushers, face off in what should be a close matchup, assuming that he remembers to replace his running back. Um Cheesehead Canucks faces number one fan James, and Heather takes on Team No Luck. Finally, Mac and Josh will face off while Team Burza and Harrison round out the weekend. Yeah, uh, but really fuck this entire fantasy football season. I hate it. Um, and uh, every year around this point, if I'm not doing well, I always say I'm going to sell off my entire team for cash. I'm not really going to do that, but... Uh, I'm really super bummed that I have nobody to generate any points right now. (laughs) With four weeks left in the fantasy football regular season, the playoff picture right now has number one seed Tim facing number four Harrison and number two French button pushers taking on the number three cheesehead Canucks. Yeah, um, but really, fuck this entire fantasy football season. I hate it. Heather, you want to give an update on uh, the college picture? Yes, I sure can. I most certainly can. So, for week seven, Big Stupid Tim is still in first place. <laughs> 216 points. I am in second place um, with a total of 201 okay, points. Okay, apologize. I apologize. I need to go back and edit. Can we start that segment over because you locked up really bad? Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> Heather, you want to go ahead and give us a cu- College football pick them. I sure can. So, um, after we after week seven, big stupid Tim is still in first uh, with two hundred and sixteen points. I am in second place uh, with two hundred and one point. Uh, Misty is still in third with one hundred and ninety three points. 
Joshua is fourth at 173. Uh, number one fan is fifth at 147. And Maximus is at dead last champ still at 87. So I, I did get into it late. You did. You did get into it late. <laughs> oh my but God. your percentage is awful, though. Pretty soon that's going to go from ex- from an excuse to a taunt as you take over like fifth or fourth place. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be like, dude, I came in late and I'm beating you. Well, what are you going to do, man? Um, you know, I, I just... I, I I felt really good after the third week I did it, but after last weekend, it just you know with Clemson kicking me in the schwanz, uh, dropping it, it that day. That was my nine. That was my nine game, and they just God screwed the pooch on that one. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, drop us a review and we will read it on the air. You can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows, That's Just My Face, Marital Tiffs, and Dead Girls Talking. For Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. Bye, everybody. Hey, bye. No wise words of wisdom this week? No. I, I have nothing. No. no. The way this the way this week is going and last week, just be kind to yourselves, people. Okay. 